I V M I V M Hey everybody, we got another rebroadcast for you on Shunya One this week. We're going to be rebroadcasting episode 47. In episode 47, we spoke to Vivek Lath. Vivek is the founder and managing director of GoQuest Media Ventures. During this conversation, we focus on the business of Indian content distribution worldwide and broadcasting industry. This was something which was of particular interest to me. Vivek also shares his experience as an angel investor in this country. I thought it was a really interesting conversation. I think that you guys will get a lot out of it. Uh, once again, Vivek Lath, episode 47, the rebroadcast. And we'll be back shortly with the 100th episode, which we know is still pending, and we'll get to it very, very quickly. So today we have with us Vivek Lath. Yes, that's right. Welcome that's to the show. Right. <laughs> Did I say your name right? Perfectly fine. And you put that heavy stress on the T. That's the right way. Wow. So imagine I meet very few people who have uh, complicated names like myself. <laughs> so you actually have one which is very short, short and yet, yet complicated to but pronounce. Commonly, people call me Lath. So, <laughs> you know, I have those I have those jokes from my childhood where... Well, <laughs> join. Yes. Welcome to the club. I have a lot of Sheila Kijavani jokes. <laughs> so, I feel you. But, Vivek, welcome to the show. Thank you. You are, of course, the founder and managing director of GoQuest Media Ventures. Right. And you've also been an angel investor in a bunch of cool new startups, uh, which I want to talk about. But just to give us a little background, why don't you tell us uh, your story so far? Sure, and, sure, sure. So, uh, I go back to, you know, straight away to the first job I had, you know, because my life is very interesting, the kinds of transitions I've done in my profession. So I studied to be a computer science engineer, coder by hobby, okay, and uh, was decently good back then, but uh, somehow got convinced by a good friend of mine to go beyond uh, technology and explore, you know, investment banking and consulting jobs, I because see. back in 2002, that was the cool thing to do. Right, the glamour and everything attached to it was very different. Pre crisis, yeah, yeah, yeah. All Ferrari drivers, <laughs> all Ferrari drivers, <laughs> yes. and uh, you know, one trip to New York, and that's where boss yehi karne ka hai. Abhi to isi ke andar life hai. Right. So, so uh, right after computer science school uh, back in uh, USC, I get hired by a boutique called Cannondale Associates, which was essentially just doing consulting work, management consulting work for FMCG and uh, retail companies. Nice. So that was really the first job and the first stint in the management side that I had. Did that for about two and a half years, got back to India, mm -hmm. joined Tata Sky. And uh, the profile at Tata Sky was largely related to launching new businesses using new interesting content. Mm -hmm. So pay-per-view showcase was the first piece that I was given charge of. So decide what the price point should be to decide what the, you know, the content should be on it. This is back in 20, 2004. 2008. 2008. Uh, actually, 7. 7 uh -huh. uh, March is when I joined them. Okay. And that showcase platform was launched, you know, three or four months before that. So that's what I took over and, uh, you know, started looking at content planning, started looking at broadcast industry as a whole and see what's I mean, that's my first stint with entertainment. Uh, then again, the entrepreneurial bug cut. So I left. I said, I have to start something interesting in the retail area because I understand that very closely. And so I started something called as Intellects Marketing, which was uh, printing uh, coupons at the point of sale. Uh, so along with the bill printer, depending on what you've purchased at that time or your purchase yeah. history, it would print out targeted coupons. Wow. You know. um, I piloted that in Hypercity in Millard for uh, five months. Did very well. However, bad timing, 2009, and uh, 
my co-founder also decided to go back to his job he was largely running technology at that time mm-hmm. so just decided to take a break and said chalo isko band karte hain figure out something else and uh, accidentally met this gentleman who was starting a movie company called synergy pictures with a gentleman by the name madhu mantena who i didn't know at that time now everyone ah, knows okay and uh, they told me do you want to run distribution Uh, you know, I had no idea what film distribution meant at that time. To be very honest, I said, "Chalo, try karte." Mm-hmm. It was a, it was actually a stopgap thing. I didn't think that I would stay in that job for more than a year, mm-hmm. but ended up liking it. Understood the whole entertainment industry, very close quarters from you know movies, television shows, how they work, what's the economics, how they function, how to make money. Thirteen, two thousand thirteen, I started out on my own. uh started goquest media the the genesis was really to create a online marketplace so wow okay you know, so you're a techie at heart you're I'm always thinking heart. products absolutely thinking products i'm a techie yeah. at heart completely i i think everything from that point of view right. uh so built the whole thing up but very soon realized as i was talking to customers and you know content sellers that this won't work too far for various reasons with the nature of the business how platforms work and all that but soon realized that we were doing very good in simply acting as a buyer and seller and trading off that content interesting and so that business outside of the the platform started getting built up and uh, that's it you know continued to do that saw good monies there and built up a team and then launched couple more businesses within the media domain at mm-hmm. the same time amazing and that's what gokwest media is from last 5 years we are now the number one distributor independent distributor of content uh, from india to our 10000 hours of content wow. across the world across the world across wow. the world see it's a whole new dimension Ooh. of when you think about it uh, of how content flows i know uh, of course content has become so available to us uh, right. you know across platforms today we don't think so much about you know who's how where's the money in all of this we think it's we just pay for a subscription and then you hit play uh but before we get into that i wanted to talk about one more interesting thing which you just mentioned right this whole the stuff you were doing at intelitics is actually very interesting uh, and a lot maybe before your time in terms of all the other solutions we've seen out there Correct. right uh what 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 actually made you do that like was that your first foray into i would say retail tech and so on and is there still any languishing version of that I mean the version I still have the tech lying with me uh-huh. and to be quite honestly I've I'm willing to give it to for free to anyone who thinks they can use it <laughs> I mean a I, bunch of startups have tried because after this. essentially because I know I'm never going to touch it back again I know there were there were a bunch of retail companies who were interested I just told them yeah I don't have the bandwidth to do it anymore I'm my time goes somewhere else and that opportunity is is very different but back in 2009 uh, when i launched it it was it was very interesting it's fascinating yeah and uh, i had a lot of fmcg companies were really really interested i was you know i still remember when i shut it down uh, one of the calls i made to this uh, uh, you know this lady who used to handle modern trade in this region and she was visibly angry like <laughs> when is a time when your client is angry because you <laughs> shut your service yeah um However it was a time when I'd lost a lot of money of my own there were no investors ready so I had to sort of close it down right. at that point but yes it was a little early for its time yeah. um but and if I look back 5 years ahead or 7 years ahead um there have been versions of it there there, there could be versions of it yeah. and uh, of course e-commerce took over right. uh, big time and modern trade still I don't think has grown beyond single digit percentages in India 
hmm. but it's still large enough for something like this of to, course. to of course. function in fact and this week just i think so the upi guys just launched something just uh, this week around uh, how they'll be able to print a qr code hmm. on boss point of sale receipts just after the print out so right. that you can just pay with that qr oh, code oh that's awesome yeah i mean that really is i had no idea sorry yeah apparently all point of sale systems have to mandatory upgrade to that or something that, but that's, that's not, not so awesome which <laughs> 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 yeah. no, making it mandatory for people is a different thing okay, maybe i'm not maybe i don't think it's mandatory but it's something which if they want to be upi enabled they have they to have use to that, that. Yeah. okay point of sale is actually a continuous innovation that keeps going i remember back in the day there were so many things happening at that time mm-hmm. and uh, retailers were trying to figure out what do we implement what do we not implement what is it that will help us get product off the shelf that was really what they were looking at right um, that's what they still look at that was still looking but it was a very interesting model i sold a whole bunch of coupons from 5 rupees a print to 1 rupee a print for an average coupon printing cost of about 5 paisa so wow good money to be made yeah. from gold's gym to kaya skin clinic to anjali mukherjee to britannia Um, Marico was the biggest client. You're basically a free charge before free charge existed, That's right? In a lot of ways. Yeah, don't make like, me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I see for it, you know. Well, <laughs> well, but since then, of course, you have GoQuest, yeah. and you have your bunch of very cool investments, uh, which you've made. Right. Before we get into GoQuest, what made you turn into an angel investor? So, the, how did that transition happen? The passion was always there. You know, essentially, it all started from my own first entrepreneurial days, ten years back. Right. And seeing those entrepreneurs working with them, or rather, interacting with them, was very interesting. So, the idea was always there that you know, at some point, when I make money, I want to go back and start investing back into. interesting mm-hmm. startups that you know essentially when i couldn't get money is there a way for me to give back when i when i end up making a little bit more money and also uh, because in those early days i was so glued into the startup ecosystem of 2009 2008 and then starting something of my own you knew that you know i sh- i i would be able to do a decent job in investing mm-hmm. of course that was Uh, a misconception in hindsight, but you know that's what everyone starts with. Okay, my bond do, and you soon realize that nah, he was. So, uh, so that's how it started. And uh, at one point, I made a decision. Come on, let me start looking at companies and figuring out where I invest, what I invest in. Right. And uh, it was largely passion. There was no. So, could you talk about a few of them? Please? So, uh, there are a whole bunch of them. I've, I've invested in eight in total. Um, The first one I went in was a, a dating app, uh, a matrimonial dating app, is what they call it. Isle, oh, huh. uh, beautiful model, and uh, I, I essentially liked the the entrepreneur Abel. Um, was very very focused and knew exactly how to crack the whole matrimonial model. He was not about I want to do twenty things. Mm-hmm. He was very passionate about you know solving this issue, um, and the problem statement sort of you know. Uh, Quite honestly, resonated with me. Nice. I went through the same issues that <laughs> Isle is trying to solve. So, you know, <laughs> Super, um, and I think I mean it's a saturated space which needs some new new. So I met innovation. my wife via Jeevan Sathi, but then you know it wasn't arranged by parents. We we met each other, we dated, 
then we fell in love and we decided to get married so right. essentially ail is doing that without the the, the, the traditional uh, correct and the parent <laughs> the parent pressure inside it so that ail is 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 a very interesting one of them um there's another one that i've invested in called wyo where your opinion ah, yes. run by rajveen ah. you know, uh, oh, yes. you know all of us know it so very interesting way that he's building his his uh, yeah. you know apparel business um using largely offline uh, uh you know distribution points Correct. and focusing more on the product and the design of these t-shirts than anything else so uh not ye yeah, wi is of course one of them then there is nord of we course. know we met via nord so yes um i think the networking is little fact pretty effective yes <laughs> um so nord nord is of course there Uno coin was an interesting investment I didn't even talk to the founder before investing in it Interesting so I, that's one of the hot ones which is and and that was done much the, before but the thought process was very clear uh-huh. Bitcoin it's you know whether it will go up or down or explode you know there will be people who will be chasing the gold rush can I invest in a shovel and Uno coin was me for I was a shovel right. yes so uno coin investment was really done uh, was done um, uh, in late 2016 Oh, so it okay. was before even the you know the boom the big in, spike in yeah. the big spike happened so uno coin i'm looking forward to uh, to an interesting one yeah definitely i think um, that's one which will and there's makachai which is out of bangalore again only focus on teaching mathematics to kids yes um for standard above yeah and uh, and again very interesting model the way they've done lean team they don't even have a proper office everyone works out of their home okay distributed team but extremely passionate about the problem and they've figured out a very novel way of collecting revenue as well you know oh, superb. that most techies tend to ignore you know how to crack the whole offline model yeah. there yeah so so these are some of the interesting ones there are a few so others a lot of diversity, diversity. Yeah, i can exactly. see exactly yes. it's not like you're uh, focusing not, on a sector yeah it's not like you're making investments in content or making work uh, intentional this, right? okay. that was intentional so when i started uh, i took a slightly different approach and i said i don't know which thesis will work i don't know which sector will work mm-hmm. let me just do a diversified set of investments and figure out right uh how the whole angel investment cycle works how is it that you know startups look at investments how do vcs look at investments it sort of gives you a very good overview of the whole ecosystem and what's happening what's not happening so the first few investments were really to build up a thesis and understand what works what doesn't work or what's right for me right uh so that that worked really well and you know this year i've taken uh, a position that i'll only invest in consumer startups ah okay <clears throat> so anyone building a physical consumable product using you know physical points of distribution or even online points of distribution but building an interesting physical product brand is is where i'm more interested yeah in that's there. sort of a wave which is sort of coming back right i see right i mean there was this entire wave of digital products correct and now I don't know. You uh, people are realizing that uh, the physical, so the the ability to dis- disperse your brand digitally has become really good. Absolutely. But it's the physical the product which ultimately has to stand yeah. its ground. Correct. So if you have something cool which you can easily market to a lot of people digitally, uh, I think that's what's coming back. Like brands like Bira or Raw Pressery or. Your epigami yeah. yogurt. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Raw Pressery is my primary example when people yeah. ask me why this thesis. Well, I look right. at these guys. Yeah. You know they've built interesting brands by using you know very different points of distribution, mm-hmm. and you know for them it's important to focus on product. And much like any tech company, you know you focus on the right product and the right experience. Exactly. That's it. And the distribution channels are ready. They are. Right. They exist. Yeah. 
all you have to do is crack the product and see it grow yeah you can literally sell on any marketplace today mm. you can sell on instagram today yeah. for that matter so yes definitely i think that's the wave uh, which is happening currently what are your views on angel investing in general though you've been doing it for a few years uh we've had folks on the show talk about angel investing i mean it's a it's such a like you said they're all passion driven investments Correct. um where have you have you seen or have you do you have any expectations from what you're doing um yes and no of course you know in terms of expectation everyone expects some return or money coming in right but uh, over the course of time i've i sort of learned to let it go mm-hmm. and and realize that boss when you invest money as as an investor you're not the big guy you're actually the first idiot to go in <laughs> um you only see your returns or you only see which investor is a loser or a winner after that four or five year cycle Correct. so that was very clear that one needs to wait for that cycle before you know anything comes in so the expectations were not very very high but yes the more important thing was to be able to sort of interact um see how people are doing things how they are cracking interesting models you know what are the various sort of statistics and numbers that are getting built up in those sectors mm-hmm. so angel investment was also a way to get access to those numbers you know directly from entrepreneurs and understand each sector closely um right. other than that it's just i think it's a wait and watch policy you invest in people that you're passionate about who you like and or products you like and then wait for the right thing to happen and support them as much as possible of course i think most of the guests on on your show and others as well have sort of said that one thing you don't consider that your play money you know yeah. you, you, absolutely you, you're not you, you have this a, money on the side you play with it don't invest half of your savings into angel investing yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make a bomb it's much like film production as well to be very honest and that's the same philosophy i try to I, so I was going to come actually, to that. Yeah, that's a good uh, analogy, actually, because it is similar, right? I mean, like extremely high risk, high reward, right. but at the same time, it is something that takes time to gestate. Right. So you don't learn. I tell pretty much every first-time producer who comes to us for distributing the film that first-time producers most times always lose. The odds are always, always stacked yeah. against yeah. them. Yeah. And you only learn how to. make a economically right movie after you do it the first 2 3 times because after which when talent works with you you understand the game you understand the economics so it's the same thing with general investment as to go through you realize you know what i made a mistake in this guy and this is the mistake i made i will not repeat this again mm-hmm. well you know a lot of things get spoken about with an angel uh, you know circuits and people tell you but there are a lot of you know underlying nuggets that no one will will tell you you just have to figure out on your yeah. own yeah you have to experience it first hand first hand yeah but uh, another point which uh, you just made about how you compare what you see in your daily business uh, with your philosophy of investing uh, have you ever considered or is have you consciously stayed away from investing in things which are in the domain you operate in like in the movie business or in the distribution business or have you thought of that or looked at products in that oh, space oh quite a bit quite a bit i do that yeah. pretty much almost every day that's that's where my time goes but right. yeah i i i sort of made a decision very early on that i will not invest in films mm-hmm. uh, you know no matter you know how much money i make um, <laughs> it's a business that i've seen too closely and you know to conduct or to be part of the business you need to have a certain temperament that's what i've realized right. i mean you know i can run a very easily a distribution business but dealing with the film community you need a very different kind of temperament to be there and you know conduct so it on a polite. business level hmm? you're so polite so, <laughs> i need a different temperament <laughs> it is it is it is you know it is 
Um, but I've invested uh, quite a bit in buying rights of tight films, mm-hmm. you know, after they've released, not in the production stage. Of course. Uh, you know, we've invested a lot in producing content, you know, whether television or short format. Oh, really? We just, you know, we just created a pilot of one of our shows called Ultimate Cinderella, launched it on Women's Day. Mm-hmm. So that was a complete investment from our side, sort of building that property, which is about, you know, uh, the show is essentially about uh, empowering a, a woman who's not got a chance in life but has got the talent. So get them talent, get them confidence, make them go through a series of change measures. Of course. Um, and I think the kids show as well. And the kids show as yeah. well. So yeah. kids is, is, is another investment in Let to Kids. Let to Kids, uh, yes. Where I'm also the operating partner now. Wonderful. So work very closely on sort of building the whole app out and, you know, working on new shows. There's a, sh- there's a show that we've invested in and we're taking them out to other financiers now to pitch in as well. It's called Trigo. It's again a preschool show. Wow, wonderful. So I've done a lot of investments of, you know, as far as content and media business is concerned, but yeah, stayed away from films very consciously. <laughs> nice, interesting. In fact, uh, I want to get into a longer discussion about why this sector is exploding the mm. way it is, especially the digital uh, platform, right. which uh, which video is seeing today, right? Uh, before, we, we, before we do that, to take a quick short break, uh, come back and talk some more. Hey, welcome back. Jumping in with the conversation with Vivek Lott. <laughs> Getting sorry. it right? I'm sorry. I had to do it one more time. Uh, I think you're, you're the one who's been really kicking, doing the kicking around uh, all over the markets in which you're, you know, spread out now. Sending content to mm. uh, over 10,000 hours of content is what you mentioned. Uh, of Indian content, distributing it outside. Right. So... In all of this, and of course, in the originally produced shows also, which you're working on and so on, right? How have you seen these last few years of video sort of exploding across the board in terms of consumption, in term, domestically, outside, Southeast Asia? I know every often we chat on WhatsApp, you're in Vietnam or some other Southeast Asian country. Right. Uh, so where where have you, have you seen this trajectory and what direction do you think it's going? So... Uh, the direction is, of course, very clear that video is going to explode more and more, more and mm-hmm. more. The average video viewing time per day, whether it is TV or digital, is is only going to increase. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a good thing and a bad thing and a good thing for me in a business. But uh, I also look at it that, you know, most people spend time only at home and doing uh, outside activities. So, so that's the only thing I see where video could see a challenge going forward mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, uh, how does it apportion for consumers? time mm-hmm. across the board but right now it's it's on uh, on a vertical trajectory where, uh, where did you see this come in from i mean you've been in the business for correct. a bunch of years now have have did you notice this did you see this coming how was the read lead up to it so there were a lot of factors that led to it a uh, lot of the third world countries or the developing countries saw a sudden boost in general media and entertainment sector. Mm -hmm. A lot of these countries were, you know, maybe under some sort of a war or political turmoil or issues in 90s. And as they come out, they start as stable economies. And one of the biggest things stable economies is the broadcast business and the advertising business that keeps going up. So in fact, in the first year, we did bigger business in in Africa than we did in uh, Southeast Asia. And that's where we saw this trend significantly going up. You know, countries like Uganda, Countries like Ghana, Ghana, Nigeria. Nigeria has been stable, but 
again lot of these countries where they've only seen stability in less than you know the last 20 years or last 15 years now the consumer story is building up right. so they need content uh what we also saw was you know lot of these countries don't have production capabilities like we have been doing production for the last 100 years so we take that as granted ke ha video banana to aise ban jayega wo but that talent does not exist in a lot of these countries so they don't do original production and they need to buy content from outside and then play them so so we saw the consumption story of course going up in a lot of these areas and we also saw saw the the trend that they don't have production capability so what will they do there'll be a vacuum mm-hmm. that's when we started sort of traveling to each country one by one one by one and you know of course filling up that vacuum wherever they they needed if any country broadcasters are buying foreign content we would go there with with whatever we have to sell and try and see if this would fit them that well so that's where vietnam that's where cambodia that's where africa and a lot of other countries across eastern europe came in so most of the content that we sell goes to non nri markets right. these are largely consumed by is this uh, digital distribution or is this uh, broadcast distribution this this is broadcast distribution broadcast. so when we started broadcast was really very big right, right, you know right. digital was still growing okay um, at that time see digital will become big that was a no brainer it was just a matter of time you know when infrastructure is laid out and you know people mm-hmm. starts start using that infrastructure there are a lot of other factors we saw uh, you know beyond broadcast you know what would drive the digital consumption mm-hmm. so an interesting research was done at one of the broadcast companies i forgot and that was done almost 4 years back where they went out into villages in india and they were asking questions about you know aapko kaun sa show acha lag raha hai kya lag you know ye iska show isme ye story hai isme ye different story hai ye kaun sa acha while researching for shows they got an interesting nugget that most cities or towns outside bombay or outside the tier 2 towns actually don't have 24/7 electricity mm. ah right in the night there is load shedding that happens all the time so your tv is off your cable guy is also off electricity right. how are you consuming content and you have a micromax phone with a 3g connection ready with it or a smartphone right right with a 3g connection so then it dawned that on these guys that you know for whatever reason you could say there is no infrastructure but there is a need because that electricity is not there what are they going to do in the night yeah. and they have a means to watch content using a smartphone uh, you know they were looking at micromax phone at that time because of the battery life so so that sort of showed a lot of interesting trends where this will go i was from the day one i was very bullish that while digital will see adoption faster by the urban youth mm-hmm. but uh, the real mass or the the real adoption of the technology will be brought by the masses right who, the same ones who are watching the sasbahu serial um in fact i went on to tweet about a year back that you know what ramdev is for yoga old uh, balaji is going to be or ekta is for soap so old balaji is going to be pretty successful one and yeah. i think we we see that now yeah. Yeah. um so and across all ott platform the trends are almost the same it's really the again the masses watching the masi content right the the daily soaps and accessible a, on these devices which they have absolutely for me the more important piece it doesn't matter who's watching it the interesting is trickled down significantly to small towns to people who are uneducated but they figured out a way for them to you know watch content using a phone using digital mediums and wow. it's just a matter of time that behavior trickles to other forms of content or other things you do so technically entertainment is educating lot of these masses to how to use the internet in yeah. a way right of course that's the, the starting point it's the first right it's the first application of any technology right yeah. people say porn but actually it's entertainment yeah i mean it's leisure yeah. basically yeah, play exactly. a game 
right. watch a video watch a video basically it all all uh, recreational mm-hmm. you know uh, usage of the phone mm-hmm. obviously that's the easiest thing to adopt uh but coming back to back when you were uh, you know focusing obviously you still are on the distribution channels what made you realize that indian soap content like the one the, the core focus which you have mm-hmm. right is going to work in these outside markets i mean if it isn't that also something which it's it's not just a matter of like translate the voice and it will work right what made you uh, think that there's a possibility that foreign all these various markets like and africa is not the same as southeast asia like correct why will they like indian stuff right what they love it what did how come they, they love, love it, it. how how like how, how do you um, find that out so again a lot of things there's a thing we take a lot of things for granted we do in india and for us the aspiration is really doing what hollywood does right in a lot of these countries that not really the case they actually aspire to be like us like indians really you know in their conversations it is not boss look at this narcos why don't we make content like this they look at a balika vadhu and say what a story why don't we make stories like this so it's a very relative thing what is what is also is the the general culture the family culture outside of the western nations is really the same like india it's it is hierarch you know it's full of hierarchy you know uh, you know again between men and women of the family between children and you know the elders of the family so that hierarchy is still there that mm-hmm. kind of family structure is still there um so lot of those behaviors or those You cultural know, significance yeah cultural significance. so while the culture may not be the same but the conflicts are universal the same women have the same problems they have the same aspirations across the world so the mm-hmm. content that resonates to women here in india essentially resonates to women in many many other parts of the world mm. i mean to me the first surprise was seeing balika vadhu whichever country it sold we never, of course we didn't sell it it's been sold by colors directly but uh, it's been the number one show and in vietnam that's become the benchmark it was number one by a great number of points across everything else wow right i don't understand that i mean fact. that's the thing we tried very hard to decode it and that, that's the explanation we came up with yeah. you know a it's not very different outside india and in developing countries it's the same level of sort of understanding it's the same problems you know and the same stories that people go through in daily life it's not much different the setting could be different you know this could be a story based in rajasthan right. but hmm. the underlying issue is the same and you know and that is just one show there are tons of show we've sold and and we are surprised <laughs> the kind of reaction we get i remember the first show we sold in uh, jamaica was a star plus show called is pyar ko kya naam do Wow. I don't know if any of you would know that show or ever, <laughs> but I still have emails coming daily from local Jamaicans. I want to meet Barun. I want to meet Sanaya. This is a great show. Can you send me DVDs? Tons of email. There is a Facebook closed group of some twenty thousand odd people only on the show, and they are wow. all from Jamaica. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> exactly. So you don't realize what kind of content resonates. Resonates. Exactly. With, uh, the, what kind of audience? And I think with this, and tied this in with the fact that digital distribution is becoming so easy. Easy. Uh, where you don't. I mean, as long as the content licensing part is handled, you can just instantly go live with a show in any country, right? You Correct. can literally say it'll appear on this app somewhere. Right. Right. You still need to localize it, essentially dub it or subtitle course, it, right, and you know, put some context to to certain things. Um, 
uh, I remember one show sold by a common friend of ours, you know, in Macedonia. Hmm? The first episode of the show had this character worshipping the cow and there was no dialogue. So they had to put some context at the bottom that, you know, Indians and Hindus worship cow and this is part of the culture. So some part of, you know, contextualization is needed to sort of explain why people are doing things, what they're doing in those shows. But otherwise it's... But by and large it works. It works. And that show was... The number one show was the first entry into Macedonia. And uh, of course, that business boomed really well within that country after that. Amazing. Imagine, I mean, and here we are, like you started with the fact that we are aping the West. (laughs) It's just a matter of the kind of perspective you get. I guess it is. Everybody's aspirational. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I get, I get take, I take a lot of flack when I tell, you know, a lot of these youngsters and urbaners. You know, when you say, why don't we make content like Hollywood? If we start making content like Hollywood, we will not compete with them in economics. Essentially means we will destroy our own industry completely. So that's what happened in a lot of European countries. Mm -hmm. You know, we will destroy our own industry by... Yeah, no, but I mean, like also the Indian grammar of films is very different different. than what people want in like these other places, right? I mean, like... uh, our songs, our comedy, all of it. It's like, you know, it's like, it's more variety show than it is narrative narrative. Correct. And that is kind of what people are looking That's for over here, yeah. right? And so that is, if you st- if you try and make fully narrative stuff, then I mean, like, we don't really have the... Patience? Well, or I don't the, you know, patience, right? Patience. I mean, like, I, uh, honestly, I mean, like, look at our stories, right? I, I shouldn't get into this rant. I'm going to do a different episode on IBM <laughs> Daily about this. But basically, <laughs> I have uh, kind of... Like, it, it, it's my considered opinion that Dilto Pagale ruined the Hindi film industry. <laughs> I, it, it really is. I do believe that. I, I, I will tune in to listen to why. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, like, it is mainly because of this kind of contextual kind of ideas, right? That, I mean, like, uh, what kind of stuff works and what kind of stuff doesn't work. And uh, how we move down a certain path because certain things worked. Correct. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, sorry. That's... Tune into that. Tune later. into that. Yeah. Find we'll out get why. that on IVM Daily sometime soon. But interesting. So coming back to the fact that it's obviously content is universal now. The access to content is universal now through all of these uh, platforms. Uh, and video is just going up domestically across the world. So just like we've had our geo revolution for data, uh, all these other countries, of course, have had that uh, mm. maybe even before us or it's happening. Do you think about now coming back to your original idea of having a platform, a product or beyond the stuff which you're doing? Is there something? So the idea is still there. You know, in fact, that's one of the transitions I'm working on in this company now. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, essentially, when we started, we started as a platform, but we realized there is more money to be made in the trading business. And we still do trading. Mm-hmm. The question is, it's trading. The sustainability of that is always going to be questioned right. whether mm-hmm. it will continue to grow or, you know, go through its own ups and downs until the time you don't own either the content which is basically I call it manufacturing or the exhibition right. which is owning a platform or a broadcast you're still in the middle so you don't last that long right. so we're building things uh, internally um, not on the platform side so not creating a platform but uh, moving on to other uh, forms of media business so Latu Kids is one of them where I've of moved course. in we've just started uh, launched GoQuest Digital which is a brand solutions which is again producing content by getting product integrations from brands rather than just simply pitching them to broadcasters for production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of the businesses that we've started. And the third one is the format business, which is essentially creating IP or rather the larger ambition is to try and see if we can create an end mall out of India. 
Oh. So focusing more on reality formats, reality okay. stories and sort of stick to that niche and build that. And then try and sell those formats in other countries. So that try and sell those formats in other countries. It's ah, a beautiful very interesting. business. Very interesting. It's a very creative driven business. Very yeah. creative driven business. Right. That, that scares me as well, you know, because I'm, I don't have necessarily a creative bent of mind. I'm very, very business yeah, if and you're trend a, focused. Right. You're in, if you're a product person, you're essentially data driven. Driven. Correct. Right. So as long as you know the data is pointing to this, we can... This is what I should be doing. What is the data pointing to in terms of like across these markets, which you see, of course, we know Bali Kavadu is what you should be building. <laughs> but, uh, but again, from a maturity of each of these markets is maturing differently. Correct. They're having different geopolitical situations and Correct. so on, right? So there's so much variety in what you can do potentially. In terms of the direction you're going. So how do you, have you thought of productizing that in a way? So the same nature of the media business is also a little scary because there are so many things you look at and you try to see, you know, there are opportunities in so many things, but right. you need to really pick up one and just go with it right. and work that out. So from a simply trying to sort of productize from a few, then that's where the format business comes into play mm-hmm. quite a bit. The whole format business is essentially based on that one reality format that, you know, if it works in one country and it ah. works in... 130 countries or, you know, even 10 countries, you you continuously produce them season on season. So it's like American Idol is on the 18th season now. So for 18 years straight, Mm -hmm. the creators are making money. Wow. So from a productizing point of view, that is really where we are looking at, uh, you know, within the media industry. This business also has a lot of interesting merchandising extensions. So there's one example I gave very recently was MasterChef. They've opened a a restaurant in Dubai, a super premium restaurant in Dubai, which will only serve the the winning dishes of MasterChef. Oh, wow. So that suddenly creates a large business model, tangential business model, which could be as big as the the current value of IP itself. It's coming back to what you're saying about building brands, right? Brands, absolutely. Build a physical product out of something. It will last, outlast. That's one. And there's another experiment that we're doing by creating a food brand, food content brand by the name Juice Food. Oh, nice. So Juice Food, J-O-O-S. So it's again built from the same philosophy that it's a content brand. But uh, the real business is in extensions and merchandising. Interesting. Essentially, let's say you take a position, you build a food brand out of it and start launching merchandising and other things. That sounds so so interesting. So essentially, that's what Patanjali is, you know. Right. Baba Ramdev for 10 years (laughs) sold content, yoga content on Astha channel, right? Oh. (laughs) And made made himself popular. And there you go. You see where he is. One day, Uh, day he says, buy my toothpaste. Buy my toothpaste. (laughs) So it's essentially the same philosophy, the same sort of direction that you build a strong brand using a niche that you target very close set of loyal users who will then come and buy your products because they believe in your brand. Oh, yeah, and there's so many kind of things, right? And if you're looking at the food thing particularly, there's so many spaces, whether it's right. kitchenware or it's like anything. There's anything. so many things. So, oh, my God, that's such an interesting idea. It really is. Okay. Awesome. I think I think we are going to have a lot more extended conversations about this. Uh, <laughs> so, Vivek, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, let's, what's your Twitter handle? It's my full name, Vivek Lat, V-I-V-K-L-A-T-H. Super. Just feel free to DM or message me. You are obviously, of course, very popular on Twitter. 
because <laughs> your tweets get retweeted <laughs> by famous people <laughs> for all the wrong reasons for all. <laughs> uh yes with all the latest outrages outrageous which, reasons <laughs> which have happened uh but i think if you if you if you actually start tweeting about all the other the show based stuff i'm sure you'll get a lot of direct outrage <laughs> so i've already had that in personal conversations i've been questioned that why am i selling regressive stuff oh my which god which doesn't really tell about indian culture outside oh my because god because there's money in it that's the answer isn't it there you go you give a marwadi answer right there you know I think please join the Slack channel or tweet to Vivek <laughs> ask him about Yeah if the you shows. want to join the Slack channel go to the website ivmpodcast.com/shunyu1 big button over there says join the Slack channel and if you press that send us your email address Priyanka will send you an invite back Yes all right thank you so much for doing this Vivek thank this you was guys awesome. for inviting it's fun Sorry, yes. one thing before we go. Hmm. Uh, also, please go and give us uh, five star reviews on iTunes and do reviews on the other places as well. That's also kind of helpful, and it really does help. And one other thing, also, please tell a friend about this show. If you enjoy the show, if you liked it, if you think that is something that a friend of yours would like, then just please let them know and uh, tell them that they should listen to it on the IBM Podcast app. Yes. Sorry for all the pitching, but I can't need to do it. Yes, it's content and it's brand building, like Vivek just absolutely, told us. Yes, absolutely. Is- This is uh yeah maybe you'll be syndicating this someday. <laughs> we've oh, we've already had conversations <laughs> before you came. A whole bunch of them with them. Amazing. So audio is the new video. Yes it is. Mm. Audio yes. is the new audio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much guys. Thank you so much for doing this. See you and talk to you next week. <laughs>